This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. The couple times that I've tried to put on mascara, I get it on and then I put my glasses on and it smears up my glasses. Are my eyelashes too long? I don't understand. Jenny Bovard and friends share the funny and awkward moments that come from life with vision loss. I'm simply here to tell you some real stories in a real way from my own personal experiences. Low vision moments, new episodes every month. Download this AMI podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Double Tap Canada. Welcome to Double Tap Canada, the show where blind people talk tech. Have your say. Call or text us at 844-971-1999. That's 844-971-1999. Tweet at Double Tap Canada. Find us on Facebook. Just search for Double Tap Canada. Now here's your favorite double tappers. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Double Tap Canada. Once again, it is I, Stephen Scott, by with you once again today. And uh, we've got a great show for you. Mark Afalalalalo is here. Hello, Mark Afalalalalo. Hi. Uh, We've also got Sean Priest with us as well. I can't do anything with your name that I can think of. Sean Priest, maybe? Oh, that was beautiful. That was so Scottish of you. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Mark. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Ah, yes, here we go again. Lots to talk about this week. Actually, do you know what? This is a busy week for tech news. Actually, there's quite a lot going on. I'm not saying previous weeks are boring, but this week is, uh, you know, pretty interesting. Christmas, it all goes a little bit quiet, doesn't it? It does a bit, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it does. Uh, But no, things are back to to normal. We're going to be talking about, um, apparently, a new VR headset coming from Apple. (laughs) Yeah, right. I don't believe a word of it. Uh, Also, uh, we're going to hear about this Beeper app that's causing a bit of controversy. Uh, YouTube adding voice commands. And a new podcast. Well, Apple don't call them podcasts. But yes, a new podcast. Uh, didn't they call them pod? Didn't they start off by calling it podcasts? It, aren't they the ones who coined that? No, they didn't. Coined it? Yeah, yeah well, now they've changed it. Yeah, I've changed it again. What are, what are they uh, now? So, uh, well, now it's called Time to Walk. It's a story, not a podcast. It's a story. It's a new series uh, courtesy of uh, paying more money for Apple uh, Fitness Plus. So we'll get into that a bit later as well. Uh, speaking of fitness, uh, guys, I've been buying some new clothes this week, and uh, I wanted to share this news. Hang on, hang on. Firstly, what's it got to do with fitness? And secondly, yeah, when I saw... I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out the connection here, and the, clearly it's not working out in my head. When I saw it in the show notes, I thought, really? This this can't be a story. But yeah, I mean, literally, it says, in our, it says in our, our show notes, segment one, Stephen's new loungewear. That's all it says, that. actually, by the way, guys, yeah, for the next 20 yeah. minutes. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be talking about Stephen's new loungewear. <laughs> Well, I mean, it is to do with fitness because I can move freely in my new clothes. Oh, they're lovely. They're really. You I bought a moo moo. Is that what it is? I, I, Have you got a dress? I wanted that. I did want. <laughs> I wanted that thing that's like a. It's like wearing a a tent. That's the kind of thing I, I like to wear at home. You know, you, you can sit on the couch and, and slankets. You know those. Oh, those are pretty cool as well. Yes. Love those. Uh, you can lose a remote in them. I'm, I'm imagining a Hugh Hefner type silk robe. Oh, um, a no. red silk robe with a nice little belt around it and center. Ooh, I'm not blind enough. Holding, holding a glass, of, <laughs> holding a glass of wine when his wife comes home with a guide dog. I was going to say a white cane in the other hand. At least that's what we tell her. Um, yeah, all that nonsense. Um, it, no, this is this is uh, basically there, matching loungewear, matching lounge. You know, so matching trousers, matching top. Oh, it's so comfortable, guys. I 
I strongly encourage you to do. I, I, I'm, a, I'm having a problem here because we are actually today we're, we're going to be recording another. Well, we're having a <laughs> we're having a, a record of our double tap TV show today, and I don't want to change. I, I'm I'm going to have to put on some proper clothes for that no, show. But stop! I can, I mean, stop! We Wait. can we can work it in somehow. No, we, no, no! Definitely, you can't. No, stop <laughs> it! So, what are you talking about here? Are you saying you've just got a tracksuit on? Is that what you're telling yes. us? Right. Okay. But I haven't had one of these for so long. I just wanted to mention it. Is that is that why? Not okay? No, yeah, but why? See, a tracksuit is for sure working okay out anymore. and running and you know being uh, energetic. Are you doing that? No, you're lounging. You've renamed it loungewear. Well, well, hang on, Sean. I mean, recording the TV show and this show is very, very. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm out of breath when I'm done. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It is. It's. This is. This is. Uh, Mouth work. No, let's rephrase that. <laughs> oh my let's think God. of that. Anyway, moving on. Let's oh, move on. Can uh, we restart the show? Yeah, let's start again. <laughs> uh, actually, no, I want to say hello to Kelly and Ramia this week because they're celebrating their 1,000th episode this week of Kelly and Company. Ooh, well done today. Well, well done, guys. Thousands. Well done. That's I've, worked, I've, look, I've been doing my sums this week and I've worked it out, right? We've got another 830 weeks to go to catch up with them. So I've, I've worked out the date. For us to get another 830 episodes in, we should be there by uh, Thursday, December 23rd, 2036. 36? Well, I don't think yeah. I'll make it till then. We better get I, them in quick. Even in my loungewear. There's I don't no think way we're not it. fired by then. I know. I mean, we'll be lucky to get to the end of 21, let's be honest. So, you know, if we do, so be it. But yeah, well done to the, the guys doing a fantastic job on uh, the show. Kelly and Co., um, I think we're still beating them in the podcast, but, you know, we'll just move on from that. Ooh, um, oh, dear. It's a bit competition, of competition, competition going on. Yes, but it's healthy. It's healthy. Yes. We should, we should call them live on the air one day. We should, just, yeah. Just put them on yeah. the spot, you know. <laughs> uh, look, shall we talk about Apple's new feature uh, that arrived this week for Fitness Plus users? No, well, no, according to this document in front of me, we're not supposed to talk about that yet. No. I know, but we're still I've still changed my mind. No, you can't. Just change your trousers. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Just change my trousers. Do you want me to put the shorts on instead when we do this bit? <laughs> no, that, no, no. Do you want me to change no. live on air? Is that Let's how talk about works, Apple. Right? Okay. Well, they've, they've come up with this feature, right? It's called Time to Walk, and it's for Fitness Plus users. Okay, great. Perfect. Beautiful. <laughs> now, so so is, this, is this kind of like the feature, like, you know, it's time to stand up, it's now time to walk? Is that what yes. it is? It basically, it recognizes when you haven't had enough, any activity at all? Well, that's that's the thing I didn't realise actually at first until I actually uh, it came up on my watch and suggested that I try this. It does now. Uh, where before you would get the message on the watch that said time to stand, uh, now you get time to walk, and it encourages you to get out there and, and go for a walk or, or whatever. And what happens is you put on your headphones. Only you only need the watch for this. It all works through the watch only. You don't need to have your phone with you. Put your headphones on. Connect them up by a Bluetooth or their AirPods. Obviously, they'll connect. And you go for a nice walk, and Dolly Parton will tell you her life story in your ears as you uh, walk along with some lovely soundscapes and some nice Dolly Parton music. There's other people there who I don't know. Um, there's an NBA star, I think. Yeah, uh, Draymond Green, there's Sean Mendes. No idea what that is. Uh, Uzo Aduba, not sure who that is. It's an it's actor. A drink. Um, uh, plus new episodes every Monday, guys. Every Monday. Every Monday. Now through the end of April. I guess that's when they reevaluate whether this is a, yes, a worthwhile investment or not. <laughs> or an awful idea. I mean, it's just idea. a podcast. Oh, no, yeah, it's exactly. Just a podcast. Why would you, I mean, if you're going to walk, you put on what you want to listen to anyway. Well, I, I don't get this. Well, I have a hunch, right? Last week we talked about 
Apple starting to charge for podcasts, right? We'd, we'd had this conversation. Oh. And I'm wondering if this is just putting it out there, seeing if it's worth the the interest, because this would be the first one behind a paywall. You have to have Fitness Plus to do this. Yeah, You obviously have to sign up for Fitness Plus. So in order to get that, you have to have that subscription. So, so you are paying for those podcasts. So this is the trend that I've noticed is happening in the podcast world is that, I mean, for, for a long time, we've had like things like Patreon and, mm. and different ways that you can contribute to the podcast creators directly so that you can get exclusive content. This seems to be the trend in which podcasts are going to, <clears throat> where you're going to see a series of, of podcasts available for free, maybe eight, nine, ten episodes, and they'll slowly start pushing you towards their exclusive content and eventually phase out free content entirely and go towards the subscription model. The reason is if you if you look at that model side by side with the advertising model, the potential for revenue that goes directly to the creators is much larger. You know, if you get a good following of, let's say, 10,000 people, you know, right off the bat, you take two months and you get 10,000 people that are really dedicated to your podcast. Imagine if those 10,000 people, you know, paid you 99 cents a month to get access to your podcast. Mm. You're suddenly looking at, you know, $9,000 a month of revenue. So that's, you know, $120,000 a year to, you know, produce, you know, four podcasts. So I, the revenue model is much more attractive, and I think that everybody is realizing that. So it's just a matter of who's going to who's gonna lock in the platforms. Yeah, and I, I think people are, I think people are willing to pay for their content now. It's podcasts have come out of that, you know, very, someone doing it in their bedroom, you know, homemade amateur thing. I think people are coming away from that and seeing there is value to it. And more than that, like the Patreon thing is great, but people have to go off and be actively do something to do that. So if there's a way where, um, you know, either through Apple Podcasts or whatever, you can subscribe and make that payment without actually having to go off and do something, I think people will pay. Yeah. yeah. I, I just like the way they build this in, though. I mean, for example, when you start playing an episode, the watch will start recording a walking workout as well. Uh, that's then another step. Because I often... Step. <laughs> I say I often... When I when I start a workout, well, when I imagine starting a workout, uh, I'd have to go to the, the the watch and have to enact it. I think it now detects certain workout workout things you're doing, and it can actually say, "Hey, are you doing this? Do you want to start a workout?" But this will actually start it with the the podcast playing, which is pretty cool. And also, if you're in a wheelchair, I love this. Time to walk is named time to push. Uh, that's just great. <laughs> that's great. That's just brilliant. Uh, and again, the workout that starts as a wheelchair workout rather than a walk, obviously. Um, but th there's apparently pictures that come up in your watch alongside it. Okay, that maybe doesn't appeal to the blind audience, but it doesn't matter because it's all audio anyway. And I can't imagine a lot of people are going to be staring at their watch while walking along the road. At least I wouldn't encourage it. Uh, and then when the story's all done, you get a short playlist of songs that you can extend the experience with as well. I, I kind of like this idea. I'm, I'm not. I mean, it feels very concept. If I'm honest, it feels just that they're trying something, just chucking it out there, see if it works. But it does seem to me the beginning of the potential of paid-for podcasts. And I'm wondering if Apple will go down the route of, and I, I think they probably will go down the route of this will be homegrown stuff. They will make their own in the same way they did with Beats One. On the radio station they created, obviously they have their own curated playlists for people on uh, iTunes. Well, Apple Music as it is now, you know. So uh, you can sort of see where they're going with this. The the one area they don't have anything in is podcasts, and this is the beginning of it. Yeah, 
So what, yeah. do you, what, what do you think about Fitness Plus in itself? Because I want to point at this and laugh, as, much like I did with it's time to breathe or it's time to stand. You mm. think that's absolutely ridiculous. But actually, it's a really useful tool. Yeah, it's cool. Um, so I want to do the same with this, but I, I've got a feeling this will actually be useful. But Fitness Plus in itself, Stephen, I, I know I keep getting notifications on my phone. <laughs> so Stephen's just completed a workout. It's like two minutes. So I know you just looked at a video for a second and then stopped uh, i've done exactly I'll, I'll the tell same you exactly thing. I, I will tell you exactly what happened uh and uh, marcus testament to this because uh of a recent episode of double tap tv we just finished where um mark said to me during the episode i could hear this sort of thumping sort of music or something playing in the background <laughs> and i'm like yeah that, that was my wife doing the uh apple fitness plus she is loving it and i think it's partly because it's really accessible, obviously, through the, the Apple TV Plus, uh, or through Apple TV, I should say. Fitness Plus is available through that. But just the whole experience is good. The music as well. And I've said this as well. The music makes the difference. You know, sometimes you go on these things and they're using session music. So it all feels a bit cheesy and it just doesn't feel right. You're not, can, you, you want to bounce along to your own songs, the songs you know. And... You know, you can do that with this. You can choose the genre. You can choose the the length of the workout. Even if you have a, a favorite you know, workout person, a, fit, a fitness person, you can follow them and you know follow what they do. And I think that's really cool that you've got that capability. Um, and as I say, she's loving it. The, 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 for me, though, what it's been is the two minute workout for me has been showing her how to start it up and work, <laughs> and then say, right over to you, off you go, and she goes off and does a forty five minute workout. It's far. They're all far too happy for me. It's it's all a bit happy clappy. I don't like it. But uh, I think the killer application here in this is the Apple Watch. You know, because yeah. you're watching a, an exercise video, but on the screen, and if you put focus on it with voiceover, it's telling you your heartbeat and giving you other stats like calories um, in real time as you're doing the exercise. And also, well, it, yeah, and also on the Apple TV, you can hold down the play button, or the play will, pause button, yeah. and it will read it on the screen as well. Yeah, get all exactly. That information right back to you. And from that, it can also tell you where you are in the crowd. You know, the other people that have done this or are doing this exercise, it tells you how well you're doing in comparison, which is always good, a bit of competition. So, yeah, I, I like it, but uh, no, it's not for me. Well, what just happened? I, I'm getting a delivery at this point in time. <laughs> uh, Mark, while I'm getting Peace my delivery, up. tell us about the Peloton, because I imagine the Peloton is similar here. That's what it's about, isn't it? It's about crowd working together. Well, you know, Peloton is, you know, it, it's about taking the classes. Are you actually leaving, Stephen? Well, he's gone now, isn't he? He's, he's um, left. <laughs> he's left. <laughs> Professional. You know, Pel Peloton started as, as, you know, one of the first subscription services where it got people on board to these classes. And, you know, my wife actually started on the iPad app. She started by, we just got a regular spin bike, got a couple sensors. And, you know, it's, it's a, you know, someone instructing you and kind of egging you on the entire time saying, you can do it, you can do it. Put to, you know, obviously music of your choice, which was kind of cool. There is the competition element with other users where you could see the leaderboard of who is ahead of you, who's behind you, who else is in the class whether it's a live class or a pre-recorded class it will show you a leaderboard based on kind of all-time ranking which is kind of cool yeah. I, I mean I don't you know it doesn't really doesn't really I don't think fall under the the Apple fitness kind of model I think that's a little bit different because everything's pre-recorded there I think the element of peloton is really the live stuff which was what makes it kind of interesting but um, people people love it like my wife is she's you know three years into this over 500 rides really really enjoying it and right. I, I've started doing it too and once I can get over the 
the pain in my butt, quite literally. Um, I'm sure I'll enjoy it even more. <laughs> but I see that's interesting because I thought that it was all their own equipment, and I know it's well. No, you you don't have to use their expensive. equipment. That's the thing is, their equip. If you use their equipment, then you know terminology like resistance and how many turns you have to do on the little dial to you know up the resistance, then yeah. they match. Otherwise, you're trying to figure it out, kind of do, do your own pace, which is fine because people, you know, you can you can go at your own pace and still get a great workout out of it. But when you have the equipment, you get this nice. 32-inch touchscreen in front of you. It's linked to all the metrics on the bike, so you get all that real-time information. It, it is, but it's also very expensive. You're looking at $3,000 for a bike. Wow. Yeah. What price that, health, That's though? the thing. That's the bit that oh, bothers me. How can you price help? I, it's a good point, Sean. Clearly you can. Uh, quite a high price. Uh, well, look, I mean, we'll, we'll talk more about this, I'm sure, as the weeks go by, and I'd be really interested to hear people's views on Apple Fitness or whatever other service you're using. Sorry, I am a bit out of breath, ironically. Um, <laughs> running up and down the stairs to pick up my parcel. We'll find out what's in it next. Uh, we'll be back, though, in just a moment because we're going to be talking about Apple. And, uh, yes, Apple again. And their forthcoming new hardware, which apparently is all very mysterious. There's a new project underway at Apple, and everyone's being very secretive about it. We think we know what they're up to. Oh. We'll tell you about it next. This is Double Tap Canada. We'll be back in a moment. This is Double Tap Canada. Have your say right now. Call or text 1-844-971-1999 or email feedback at ami.ca. Now, back to the show. Hang on a sec. I'll just open this up and see what's yes, going Stephen, on here. before, during the break, Sean told us that someone's going crazy with a hammer. Okay. Uh, and he's going to mute us. So I'm not I'm not sure what that means. I don't know if that means that was the last time we've ever heard Sean Priest. I, I hope um, that he's all right. I do. Um, no, no, I'm still you know, here. We could, get, we could always get someone else. Oh, hang on, he's back. He's back. I think it's builders. I'm the not being irreplaceable attacked. Sean Priest. Yeah. the irreplaceable Sean Priest. Welcoming back to Double Tap Canada. Oh. So I, I got boxer shorts just to let you know. That's what was in my. That's box. what was delivered. Oh, just God, one package of boxer shorts. This episode is so gross. Shorts. That's actually kind of good timing because you were just saying how you wanted to uh, change. Yes. <laughs> so I now I can. I have new clothes. Uh, that's good. Um, right. Let's talk about Apple's big mysterious project. I mean, Which one is really... this? Well, this is the question, right? Because what one is it? There's so many things they're up to at the moment. Uh, the, this seems to me like just the, the VR headset rumor that's been going around. So this this is a rumor that Apple are coming up with not only a new VR headset, but apparently it will be expensive and um, niche. I don't really understand this this whole thing. I don't quite know why Apple would be getting into this space. But um, yeah, apparently they're going to have... Uh, you know, this lovely fabric design on it. It's going to have a fan, <laughs> okay, and a rather expensive price tag as well. This is a report uh, from Bloomberg News that are saying that in 2022, some kind of standalone device that operates through batteries similar to the Oculus Quest 2 will be coming out. And apparently Apple is working on some of its most advanced and powerful chips for this unannounced VR headset with some chips reportedly beating its own M1 Mac processors. Not again. Oh, I can't sell be everything. with this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, keep, I keep buying things and have to get rid of it because the next thing is so good. Uh, of course, just to, you know, the thing that always makes me laugh about all these stories is whenever someone mentions a product that Apple haven't created yet, they basically just take 
in this case, a VR headset and stick a huge Apple logo on the front of it. And that always makes me laugh, um, <laughs> which is exactly what they're going to do. Uh, but exactly. apparently there's a, a team working on something uh, and it may well be this. Do we really think that they're going to come up with a VR headset? No. A VR headset? Yeah. Um, I don't. I, I don't... I don't think so. It's not their area. I don't really. think so. I think it's just the, you know we always say it's not their area, and then they come up with something that is totally <laughs> out of their area. Yeah, you know, like an Apple Watch, for example, that kind of came out of nowhere. Like, why are you making a watch? This is really confusing. But then they do it, and they do it properly, um, which is interesting. But I think the VR headset world is kind of it's not that it's saturated, but I think that the ones who are doing it are doing it pretty good, and they have a lot of experience in what they're doing. I don't know. I don't know. Because for me, it's just the it's the gaming side of things for Apple. I, I mean, so this week I got my Oculus Quest hooked up to my Mac. Here's this for a convoluted approach. So I've got my MacBook Pro connected to my Oculus Quest, but the MacBook is running Windows, keeping up so far. And uh, it's running Steam and then Steam VR, which is then going through to the Oculus Quest. And it's giving me an okay performance. And I am amazed, Sean, to say this, you know, Mark said it last week. I'm, I'm going waiting. to say it again. You were right. Thank you. It's just not up it to it. It just isn't. It's not up to the job. And this is a very powerful machine. But, but I'm realising it's not really the machine that's the problem. It's the graphics in the exactly. machine. Yeah. Even though they are pro graphics, they're not that pro. They're not because essentially pro. You, yeah. yeah, that's right. You've got to double everything for VR, haven't you? So it's not going to work. But it, is, it managed to get my Euro Truck Simulator game going. It does work. It's just not it's not the greatest experience. Well, I realized that I think the graphics are so bad, but because my eyesight is so bad, it kind of marries up okay. Yeah, we can get away with it's, it. It's one of the perks. It's, it's passable. <laughs> it doesn't really it's like it all goes blurry at some points, but then my eyesight goes blurry at some points all the time. So it doesn't really make any difference to me. Well, well, actually, um, sorry on this. Works. We'll get back to the VR, but how did you get on with? Did you get your gaming rig yet, Mark? No, I have not. It's you know what? It's been about the two week point, which uh, my contact said he'd be receiving it. So uh, from that point, he has to send it to me. So I I should oh. have it. I'm guessing by next week. Okay, I just want to That's see gonna how you great, go. Though. It's going to be amazing. But going back to the Apple VR thing, this is slightly confusing, though, is it? Because what about Apple Glass? I mean, do you think they would have hmm. one headset for VR and one for augmented reality? I, I, I don't know. And what's the fan thing all about? What's that? Are we, are we looking at some sort of Fitness Plus accessory here? It's so hard to know how they would go with this. I mean, it's, it's going to be for games. That's obviously a lot, of, a lot of these companies are bringing out VR for gaming. There are other applications as well. It, it doesn't seem sensible to me that there's more rumour going on around Apple Glass. Suddenly this... VR idea shows up. I think the reality is it might be some kind of combined device uh, that that you know has capability to do some kind of virtual reality, but through glasses. I don't know how that would work, mind you, but it, it just does. And then there's this whole story this week about some mysterious project, and yet all these rumours flying around about VR. And I just think, well, what are they up to? Because we know it's not the car, because that's not public, but it kind of is public. Project Titan is going to be the the new Apple car. Um, we know Apple Glass is in the works. It's been alluded to a little bit, although nothing's obviously come out in terms of product. 
But VR's very left field, and I just, I just, I just can't imagine that's some area they're going to go. I think this is another ear tags moment. You know, it's just yeah, it's going to be yeah, definitely ear tags. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Still waiting. <laughs> never happened, John Prosser. Never happened. Yeah. Where are they? This just sounds too odd for me. I, I think yeah, maybe a likely... curveball. Am I? Maybe a curve. That's a, a, a basketball term, I believe. Oh, sorry. Um, oh, if you're going to use sports, God, tracksuit, boxer shorts. You, you, just, you just call it a curveball. Is that is that not a thing? That's not basketball. Oh, I see. I no. know nothing about sport. No, I tell you, that's, that's not basketball. That's basically you know, I, I, even I know that. <laughs> I know nothing. I'm from Scotland. What do we know about sport? We barely get off the couch. I don't want to get in trouble because you know, normally when I say things like this, I get yelled at for picking on you guys. So I'm not. I apologize. In advance, do you? But yeah, yeah. Who oh. oh. Remember, remember the first show? No. I I try not to. I mean, trauma does that to you. Just scrub um, that out of our memory. Yeah, yeah. edit. <laughs> I, I, I have an editing software in my head where I can edit things out and they never happen. It's yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's, it's just like a built-in audio editor Only yeah. in your head. <laughs> You've got the video editor. We've just got audio editors. Um, okay, what about this one then this week? Beeper. Now, this story, I was telling Sean about this one, Mark, and he's like, oh, come on. So this is an app which promises to bring iMessage to Android and Windows, right? Yes. There's a catch, though. Well, yes. <laughs> Do tell. <laughs> well, you, you need a running Mac somewhere in the background that's going to connect to the service mm-hmm. and basically act as that intermediary for iMessage. But you know, quite honestly, though, what what is interesting about this is that it is um, uh, it brings all these messaging platforms together, Facebook Messenger and and you know even ICQ I think is on the list. ICQ, wow, <laughs> wow that's going back. What about MSN Messenger? Can you get that on there? Because I missed no, that. I think I don't think that's up. But when you look at the service, um, what do they got here? You got Instagram messaging, um, email, iMessage, uh, Slack messaging, WhatsApp, Signal, um, Skype messaging, Twitter messaging. All, all in one place, which is really interesting because it would be nice to have all the, all the stuff in one place. But the fact that you need a Mac running somewhere at home or just online somewhere uh, is interesting if you're not a Mac user, especially. Yeah, but and, it doesn't. Well, no, I was going to say it doesn't. You, you've got to be beside your your phone for it to work. But you don't, of course. The, the iMessage would work even uh, if you're out of the house. But how does this work? Because my belief here is, I mean, I know that Apple are dead against any kind of iMessage on other platforms. For now. For now, yeah. But they, they're they they're against this. So I'm guessing that there's some kind of trickery going on to make this work. And my question is, how secure is all of that? Yeah, I don't have the answer to that question. But yeah, I, I begs begs the question because how long will it last if it if it's, you know... That's the going question. To they're going to cut yeah. it dead. They always do. There's been services like this before where you're using a something in the middle, a middleman computer to pass on the notifications, uh, specifically on Android. <laughs> there's, there's just a few things in the in the uh, from the company themselves that kind of you know raise a few flags. Um, the app company says they use some trickery, and that's a quote to make the <laughs> impossible. Term possible um that's terrifying um and you know apparently you know they can you can do this but you got to pay a monthly fee as well if you want to take this on so that's another thing i mean it's it's one of those things i think if you're an android user i can't really understand i, I can understand why you might want access to iMessage if you're an iphone user and an android user but would an android user want iMessage i mean would there be any benefit in that for them I don't know. I mean, it just doesn't seem to be one that would be... No, it's just... I mean, the idea, actually, I think is great. Having a unified messaging app would be fantastic. I agree, but yeah. the companies just aren't going to let that happen. I'm, and it's concerning. I mean, 
you know, with so many of these communication apps being encrypted end to end, and then you're throwing this into the mix, WhatsApp in that list, that that concerns me, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, um, we shall see. Uh, another story I saw this week that I wanted to mention, uh, as I say, it's been a really busy week, lots of interesting stuff going on. Uh, this one from Google, uh, which I completely missed, maybe because I watched the you know, entire Samsung yes. S21 event in 30 seconds. Um, we dropped the ball but, on this one, I've got to say. Well, Mark yeah. did, because he told us about it. Well, no, 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 no. This, this is an amazing story, and I just am amazed that I haven't heard anyone else talk about it. And well, then I suddenly do. I had to, <laughs> yeah, just blame Mark. It's probably easier. Uh, this was at Galaxy Unpacked. Uh, Google announced a new version of TalkBack that is going to be working with Samsung products. It's only going to be available mm. on uh, Samsung uh, devices, in particular the S21. So this is, for those who don't know, TalkBack is the screen reader that is used to give spoken feedback of what's happening on screen on Android devices. You have voiceover on the iPhone. Now, TalkBack was actually released in the early days of Android, uh, but then Google rolled it all into one app called the Android Accessibility Suite back in 2018. So if you don't have it on your system, that's why you need to download the Android Accessibility Suite, which incidentally isn't on Samsung devices. By default, you've got to go and download it. Whereas, uh, because what happens is on Samsung devices, you have their own version of screen reader, they call it, built-in. So That's if you want... Name. It is very confusing. <laughs> you know, you don't just get it built-in. You've got to go and download it. So don't, don't search for TalkBack. Search for Android Accessibility Suite. But this new version of TalkBack is available first on Galaxy. And um, people are, are quite impressed. They're saying there's a lot of things they've, they've put into it. Uh, they've talked to the community to try and see what people want in it. So they've got new features, including, for example, multi-finger gestures, which is something that came in uh, recently on Android uh, with Google. So, I mean, it's, it's mad when you think about it, that the TalkBack system could only use, was it single-finger gestures? And that was it? crazy for the longest yeah. time, yeah. Which was um, crazy, but now they've, they've changed that and you can get multi-finger. But there's more intuitive ones on the Samsung devices. There's a new unified menu, new reading controls, as well as customizable menus and gestures. Customizable gestures is important. But they've said that the new version of TalkBack, whilst it is first on Galaxy devices, will come to more devices soon. So, um, yeah, this is this is a big story. Yeah, but so what is this, though? Is this like the, the next iteration of TalkBack, which will be coming to every Android device in the future, and Samsung mm. have just somehow got this first? Or is this simply Samsung's own, as you said, their, their screen reader version, their customized version of TalkBack, which they've used before? And previously, it was very much, you know, there was a lot of voiceover um, gestures on there. It was a lot of unification again, which was great, uh, two-finger swipe down and things like that. But I'm slightly confused is this just general accessibility improvements to TalkBack and the accessibility suite, or this is just Samsung-specific software? And why only put it onto Samsung devices? That's odd. Yes. So it, it must why be... Why not on Google Pixel, right? I mean, they make their own phones still, don't they? I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's they, exactly. In the last week, they haven't just ditched that whole thing as well. So this must be Samsung-produced, um, their latest version of Screen Reader, I would have thought. Very confusing, isn't it? I mean, you know, you're listening to us talk about this, Mark, and it must be like, well, hang on a minute, so you've got this app, but it's not that app you want, it's the other app you want, and you have to go and download it, but you can't download it because you're blind, so you have to get someone else to download it, and you hope it's the right one, but it might not be the right one, and it's certainly not called what you think it's called. Um, I'm wearing you... pants. 
<laughs> well done, Mark. <laughs> but, you well, know, that, you know, put them on your head because you know there's much use. I think, separate, in this occasion. Separating out that accessibility suite is actually a great idea for Android because the problem was that if TalkBack was just baked in to your version of Android, obviously for older phones, you wouldn't get the latest version or there wouldn't always be a latest version. So separating that and putting that accessibility TalkBack, BrailleBack into the app uh, Google App Store actually makes sense because then no matter what version of Android you're running to some degree or how old your phone is, you can always get the latest version of TalkBack and BrailleBack, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, also, YouTube this week apparently have added some new functionality. Um, this is not really a, an accessibility thing, but I think it will be useful to a lot of people. It could even be classed as one, I guess. Uh, they're adding more autoplay controls inside the video player. And uh, YouTube.com is gaining voice search for fast lookup and hands-free navigation. Now, that's interesting. Obviously, with uh, YouTube as part of Google, so Google obviously implementing these tools into youtube.com as well um you can uh click on the little microphone or, or you know choose the microphone and first of all you've got to grant the microphone permission and i guess that's the same with google as well actually and then you will get a uh, ability to you know speak the kind of video you want i mean look we could do this with the google nest hub at the moment right so if you want to you know watch a video you can do that but apparently it will be able to you know, take what you want, take what you're saying and turn it into something uh, that is what you want to watch. Um, interested to see how it works. I mean, this has been the case on apps for a while. Well, so I've they're seen just really on, bringing it to the web. I've seen it on the website before. When you go to the search box, there's also, if you tab on from that, there is search by voice. So I have seen this already in there, but I, I was more interested in whether you could, you know, play, skip to next, fast forward voice commands, um, how useful that would be. I, I don't know. Um do people really use the web interface for YouTube a lot anymore? Oh, well, I, yeah, I mean, I use it a lot. I, I find it quite useful. Um, oh, sorry, you're wrong. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> uh, clearly, clearly, no one uses the internet anymore. Uh, it's like people who watches television. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you can see things like you know, show videos of cats or you know all that kind of stuff, and it'll, it'll bring up videos of cats if you want to watch that. You know, it is good for hands-free experiences. I think a lot of people will yes. benefit from this. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think just any way to make a website just a little bit quicker to navigate and use, get to the information you want to get to is good. You know, if you're a, a voiceover user or a screen reader user, or, you know, whether it's on the phone or it's on Android or it's on PC or Mac, you know, you're always sort of navigating around and bumping around trying to find the thing you're looking for. If you can just quickly get to it through voice, then that's even better. It makes it more intuitive. So, yeah, I, I think well done to YouTube for... Uh, for bringing that up. Um, it's, it's a good one. You know, it's a really interesting week this week in terms of tech. There's a heck of a lot going on. And, you know, what I'm interested in this week is normally we talk about Apple for the whole show. And no, Normally week, you talk about Apple for the whole well, show. Well, you know, it has been known. Uh, but, yeah, you know, there's actually for, for a, a little while, there's actually a few other things to talk about. It's kind of cool. There's a little bit of Android and Refreshing, Google Refreshing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, also, just going back to Apple a minute, we do have a, a new update for Apple <laughs> that well, we should it was, mention. It's only a minute or two since yeah, we mentioned sorry. them. So, yeah, let's, let's get back to it. It is important them. that the new 14.4 update was released uh, yesterday, uh, at least for me here in the UK. And um, there is a well, problem. Just you. Just, yeah, exactly. Just me. Um, and, 
yes, fine, I have updated, but there is an important alert uh, I noticed from AppleViz saying about if you're using Braille displays, do not update. The American Print House oh, really? for the Blind are saying there's an issue. Now, they specifically mentioned the, uh, your favourite, I think, Stephen, the Mantis and Chameleon Braille mm-hmm. displays, that if you lock your phone after you've updated to 14.4, your Braille device will not be able to reconnect to your phone once you wake it up again. So that is actually a big issue. So if you are, although apparently the issue is not being picked up on Focus fourteen or Focus forty, real displays from Freedom Scientific. So that's uh, right, which is strange, isn't it? Uh, why is it uh, targeting those two in particular? I'm not entirely sure, but well, it's get, a bug, clearly. It, it well, it is a bug, but I mean, again, it is slightly concerning. I was surprised to see that AppleViz took a, a little bit of a um, a strong tone, let's say, in their post saying. This Braille support and the amount of Braille bugs is really getting beyond a joke. And um, they, they really had a little bit of a go at Apple, which I actually support. You know, the Braille users are important, but it's a bit of a niche inside a niche, isn't it, when it comes to Braille support? Um, but yeah, it's important that people do know if you are using a Braille display, specifically the Mantis and Chameleon, do not hold back. Uh, no, do hold back on updating to 14.4. Yeah. Do not hold back on not doing it. Do not hold back on doing it. (laughs) Don't update, is what I'm saying. Don't update. Wait. I am very confused. I know. So am I. I have no idea what's going on anymore. Uh, Mark sent me a a text this week. And I have to say, some of of you did. Um, Just just several thousand. Um, But one in particular that stood out was um, your suggestion for a new camera that I should buy. Um, The... Alpha One. I know we don't know talk about oh, cameras on the show, but this is incredible. So, you know, obviously we do the TV show, and I obviously now am a, uh, you know, amazing film editor and photographer with my wonderful camera that we have here, the A6500 from Sony, which is an amazing camera, which I know nothing about. But thankfully, Mark is on hand uh, via FaceTime to fix every problem that exists with it that I have. Uh, but thankfully, it's now set up in a way that I just literally turn it on and hit record. It seems such a waste in some ways for me to have something like this. But obviously, you know, it kind of helps on a TV show. Uh, so anyway, this new one is the Alpha One. It's Sony's new flagship. Was that out this week? That yeah, that was yesterday. Well, two days ago, yeah. Depending when you're listening to this, of course. But yes, on Tuesday, they announced this 50 megapixel camera. Um, it is uh, close to $6,000 US, depending on, obviously, how you equip it. Uh, they are saying this is going to be the most technologically advanced uh, DSLR, mirrorless DSLR on the market for the next quite some time. 10 bit 8K video. Yeah. Eye uh, autofocus that works on birds. <laughs> what? Because why not? Yeah. <laughs> why would you not? If you want because to see a picture of a bird flying not? by then you can do it. It'll, it'll manage to do it and be great. And obviously this is great for action photographers, sports uh, fans as well who want to do this. I mean, oh, it's just incredible. And, you know, it's interesting. I know it's an area that you think, well, why would this be of interest to to blind people? But, you know, for low vision people who do take pictures, and there are a lot of people, oh, listen, there's a lot of blind people that take pictures as well. And, you know, a good camera does the job. I know Sean's probably sitting here thinking, he's talking garbage. But, you know, I've interviewed so many people over the years who, you know, are photographers who are either totally blind, who just get a kick out of it because maybe it's something they did in their life before uh, they lost their sight, or people who are low vision who, you know, actually really benefit. We had a guy on our show, on our TV show, James Rath, who's a blind photographer, um, videographer, really, but he he takes pictures as well. And um, he uses the camera to see things that he can't see. 
so he struggles with his vision, as as we all do, but he is able to use the camera, and with that viewfinder or with the little screen, he can see so much. Now, this particular camera's got an OLED screen. That's going to be so bright and vivid that somebody who's low vision could really benefit from that. So, you know, Sean, you're wrong. Thank you. Yes. No, listen, I'm all for cameras uh, advancing and getting more tech inside them because there's a chance they may be accessible. Look how accessible the iPhone is, you know, tilt left, tilt right, two heads in frame Mm -hmm. or whatever. That's great. And if we can get that on uh, standalone cameras, yeah, why not? I'm not saying that this has it, but it's got to be the way it goes, surely. Accessibility is getting everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Right, stick around. We're going to get to your feedback in a moment, and we'll tell you how you can get in touch with us here at Double Tap Canada. This is Double Tap Canada. We'll be back in a moment. Hey, Double Tappers, want to get involved? Call the show now at 1-844-971-1999 or email feedback at ami.ca and have your say. Well, hello, welcome back. This is Double Tap Canada, and we're going to get into your uh, emails this week. Before we do, though, I got uh, someone in touch I'll, I'll try that one again. I had someone get in touch with me. Yeah, I thought I'd put the words in the right order this time around. See how why? that goes. Yeah, I know. Why, why change the habit of a lifetime? Uh, someone got in touch with me via LinkedIn. Oof. Right? I mean, what on earth? But yes, uh, I mean, I thought this was just a place where you tried to tout for jobs and work. But <laughs> apparently not. You can uh, also email people and ask questions oh, as well. Stephen, Stephen, Stephen. Listen, what do I know about anything? So, yeah, this guy gets in touch, Doug. Uh, hi, Doug. And your dad as well, uh, who, who you actually were getting in touch with about, because he was asking the question about logging in to Chromebooks. He's, uh, his dad's having a problem remembering passwords, as we often all do. But, you know, his dad, obviously, is a bit older. Uh, he's, he's really struggling with the password thing. And is there any other way you can log into a Chromebook without a password? Uh, and there are, there's loads of different ways. Well, three in particular that I found via uh, an, a web article. The websites are amazing. You should try this internet thing. It's, it's amazing. There's all kinds of stuff out there. Uh, pages and all sorts of stuff. And some you really uh, don't want to look at as well. I strongly oh. encourage that. Um, I have to tell you, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I'll say it anyway. We'll find out if you're oh. not. If I'm not here next week and Mark's running the show, you'll know I shouldn't have said it. Uh, but there's a product out there. <laughs> which I was trying to buy, and it's called a Big Knob. Yes. And uh, it's by a company called Mackie. And basically what you do is you plug your speakers into it, and it gives you a control to be able to to turn the volume up and down on your speakers. And um, when you Google Big Knob, let's just say it's it's not great. It's not a great experience, and you have to be very careful when you're uh, Googling. Be careful, kids. Can I just because say something? It could all go edit horribly point. wrong. Edit point, just in case. <laughs> That's all I'm Is that just in your head? Yes. Or are we doing that for the whole show? Right, okay, I see. Uh, but yes, there are a couple of things you can do to sign into a Chromebook without passwords. I mean, you can use a guest account. That's one way of doing it. So you don't actually have to have a password. You can use the pin unlock feature as well. There's even smart lock as well. I think this is cap- it's all capable thanks to Android phones. You can unlock a Chromebook without actually having a password, but you have to have your phone nearby. Macs are doing this as well. So you can you know just pop open your laptop. You just literally put the phone next to it, even just touch the device with it, and uh, you're able to get in. So there are other ways to do it. Doug, thanks for the question. I hope you Got it sorted with your dad, and um, good luck to you and him. Uh, but we have got some other questions in following up on last week's conversations, Mark. Email from Camille on the last podcast. You guys raved about the pen friends. 
about the pen friends. Okay. Uh, however, I was told on Thursday that they're no longer being produced. The people in question are users of the pen friend. On the topic of uh, paying to listen to a podcast, I've been listening to a weekly podcast free for years, and every show they ask for a small fee. The cost of a happy meal, I guess. Uh, this cost would allow me to listen to an extra show every month. Does it really take that much resource to host a podcast that they can't do it from home with a decent desktop? I truly enjoy <laughs> Double Tap TV and Double Tap Canada. You know what, Stephen? This is interesting because we're going to be doing a, a TV show in a couple of weeks about how we produce not only the TV show, but we're going to be doing one how we produce this show. So we'll give people insight exactly into uh, what it takes to put these shows together. You'd really want to do just that? a happy meal, basically. In my case, well, we're going to make it seem way more difficult than it actually is, right? We have. To, I was going to yeah. say, I mean, don't don't use the word easy at any point. No, because, no, no. Uh, we're no. we're going to have a list of keywords in front of us. Do not use the yes. word simple. Make this episode long. Tell people that it took us ten hours to film. Uh, lots of yep. things. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, this this show. I started this show, and I didn't have a beard. Uh, and you know, by the end, you know, so it tells you all you need to know. Uh, well, look. First off, on the uh, subject of the pen friend, uh, I have checked into this for you, Camille, and it is definitely still being produced. Uh, I obviously have contact here in the UK via the RNIB here, and um, they are still receiving it. They're they're saying there's no sign of it being discontinued. Um, pen friend is not uh, made by or produced by the RNIB in the UK or CNIB in Canada, it's made by a third party and, and, you know, you can, these organizations sell it, but it definitely is not being canceled off. However, there is a, an app out there. I think it's an app, isn't it? Or is it a product? It's a product. Sean, I can't yeah. remember. It's a product. And it's called IDMate and that is being discontinued. So there might be a bit of confusion over which one it is, but PenFriend, very much still ongoing. PenFriend 3 just came out recently. Uh, ID Mate, though, is going away. A, the app you mentioned last week was NaviLens, and uh, that is something which you just print out your own co- codes, essentially. Your own, instead of having little yes. stickers or whatever, you can just print them out and stick them where you want. The PenFriend does require that you have um, these uh, special labels that go with it. So, yeah, very much ongoing, very much ongoing. Uh, as for costs or paying for podcasts... You know, it's it's always easy to say, and it's funny because, you know, I'm a radio guy at heart, that's what I've always done, and it's always easy to sit in a room and talk, and, you know, people say, yeah, you get paid for that? And yes, I do admit when it comes to me, I, I, I can I understand people's confusion, <laughs> but it's it's one of those things that, you know, you have to put value on the work you do, and I think that's that's what it comes down to, isn't it? That we, we, we've got to value the work that people are putting in. And if they're not getting any money for it, if there's no value in it for them, why should they do it? And that means that, you know, great talent isn't getting the chance to thrive. It's like you were saying earlier, Mark, about this idea of paying people by subscribing to that particular podcast and, you know, getting money for it. That money then allows that podcast to grow. They get better guests. They get more, you know, influence. So, you know, I think paying is is a good thing. I mean, again, I'd like to know what I'm paying for either individually or if it's a package deal, I want to make sure that the people who are part of it are getting recompensed. Um, we've all seen what happened with music and, you know, artists getting less than they thought they yeah. would get and all of that. So, you know, we, we don't want to go down that route again. But there is something about, you know, if you want consistent content, again, you it's you yourself that assign value to it. If it's something you enjoy, then, you know, there's nothing wrong with... A million pounds an episode. <laughs> Whatever, but how many you know things start up and there's there is burnout is a real thing, you know. Um, doing something every every <laughs> what are you trying to say every week. <laughs> 
can be difficult to do. So yeah, I, I don't mind at all. And I think it's very fair when people are you know asking for stuff like uh, Patreon and things like that and subscription. I haven't got a problem with that at all. If you enjoy it, it's there for you. Um, yeah, I think people should be rewarded. Thank you. Email from Brian. Uh, mm. Regarding the pen friend, as the recordings for each label reside on the pen friend, if two people have one, they'll obviously need uh, obviously not play the same message for the same label on both. You need to instead have a kitchen pen friend and a wiring pen friend, and remember to mark them so that when you try to figure out where a cable goes, it doesn't say tomato soup instead. <laughs> and I cannot imagine what might happen in the kitchen. Uh, next on a topic which is getting me really annoyed with Amazon, I have several speakers and I have them all connected to hi-fis in different rooms. Here in the UK, at least, the tune in default for the Echo is a joke as to few uh, how many few stations are on it. Uh, you can't even get international stations since they're very dubious court ruling that the internet links that go to radio stations seem streams are illegal and if the station doesn't pay a UK license to be heard. That's, that's odd. It's not like that in, uh, in North America. Uh, I have to use my tuner radio app for those on Lady A now and once again lose multi-room audio. The word shambles comes to mind. Bah humbug, Brian. It is indeed a wonderful word, and uh, yes, it does come to mind. I mean, it's, that's the problem in the UK, the UK at the moment. All the stations that come out of North America or anywhere else, indeed, I think under Sony or Warner Music, I think it's that's the battle at the moment between those two. It's ridiculous. Uh, that's the challenge. That yeah, yeah. You, you can't because you need to have a license here in the UK. These stations would have to purchase a license in the UK to broadcast. Means that they can't. So stations we just don't get now. So there you go. Um, we got an email from Bev. Bev, I enjoy the new format of Double Tap Canada. Two th- we have a new format. Uh, two new things. Format? I received a pair of Jabra Active noise-canceling headphones for Christmas from my wife, Betty. She purchased them at Best Buy Canada, and uh, while they cost around 400 Canadian dollars, she got them on sale for 160 bucks. <gasps> They're comfortable, and the sound is very good for the untrained ear. What I like is when you remove the headphone from your ear, the unit shuts off to preserve battery life. Put them back on, and they turn on. There are separate switches for volume up and next, volume down and previous as well, as a large play pause button, and also a button to accept a phone call. The only thing which ticked me off is the short charge cord and no charger. Mm. Now, on to keyboards. I found a good, cheap, portable keyboard. I've been using the Logitech K360 unit with separate number pad. It also comes with a tiny, uh, tiny USB receiver. I've noticed not noticed any latency. Uh, keys are very tactile, enjoyable to use. The power supply is one AA battery. It also has a small fold-down legs for those who prefer a slanted keyboard. The cost was about 40 bucks. The only drawback I've noticed is the USB receiver takes up a valuable USB port. Good good work. Um, P.S. An old blind guy trying to get, keep up with the times. Um, I love those <laughs> keyboards. They're actually really good, and I actually like the fact that those receivers... Um, come separately and they don't just pair with the computer sometimes because in my case, my computer is pretty far away. So mm. I can keep that receiver pretty close to the keyboard to make sure that latency is low. Otherwise, there is a bit of a lag. Yeah, well, you know, I go back to my keyboard that I'm in love with at the minute, which is this MX Keys for Mac. It's got the <gasps> USB Still receiver. Still in love with it. Still in love with it, yeah. So Fine. much so, I got another one uh, because my, my wife fell in love with it. So, you know, we, we both share love for Logitech, the MX Keys range. Uh, but, yeah, you've got the, you got the USB receiver, but you also have the Bluetooth option as well, which I like about this. So you've got two options. Obviously, you can pair this to three devices at once, 
one of those can be that USB receiver. So great for a PC that doesn't have Bluetooth. Uh, you know, I've got a desktop that's in that situation. Do you f- but I can still pair it to other things as well. Do you find you can switch well. between devices pretty quickly? Yeah, yeah. But I think there's a trick to it. What I did was in each device, I downloaded the Logi Options, L-O-G-I Options software for the keyboard and then made my defaults. Uh, th- th- there's keys on the top, you know, the function row keys. Yes. And you can have them for like volume up or volume down, all that stuff. Or you can switch them to just be standard F1, F2. Now, because I use JAWS all the time, I, I do like having uh, you know, the function keys on at least one of the computers. So what I've done is I've just made sure it's the same across all the devices, ah, so okay. F1, F2. And that means then I'm always having to press function first before choosing one, two, or three. Because if you don't, you're constantly playing this game of, hang on, <laughs> are the function keys locked on this yeah. one or are they not? So you could switch it the other way and then not have to press function, obviously. But, you know, essentially the function keys, uh, you know, it gives you that option. And it just if you if you keep it the same across the devices, I think it makes it easier. I think also the function key it. plus escape key, doesn't that, that top locks the locks yeah. for the function? So, yeah. Well, that's the quick way of doing it if you want to, because, yeah, that's the problem. The, the software is not the most accessible. But the good news is, even though it's not very accessible, that option to turn on and use F1, F2 as normal function keys is accessible. So well done, Logitech, (laughs) for getting one thing right. Uh, (laughs) One out of ten. But yeah, Yeah, that's right, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of other lovely functions to that keyboard, like being able to, you know, for example, change the, the keys. I mean, on the number pad, above that, there are four extra keys. There are extra function keys, but you can turn them into anything you want. And that's pretty cool as well. I should really download the app so I can explore this keyboard. Well, you've got to try it. It, it is, <laughs> it's great because the, the customization on those keys, if you don't use the function keys as function keys and you want to use them as something else, you can really customize. You can put specific keystrokes. You can even tie it to programs. So when you go into a certain application, you can have the, the keyboard change to suit that application. Um, it is, it's quite a powerful keyboard. Right, just marry Unfortunately, it. You love it. I know. I've got I've got three computers here, so I'm going to try to connect them to all three computers. Oh, so you've I got can... it. Oh, yeah. You can't be using separate keyboards. Oh, are you a savage? Not in the 80s. Come on, Mark. I've, I've literally Ridiculous. got three keyboards in front of me right now. Oh, And thankfully, they're on. all different colors, so I can, you know, color code them. And different sizes. <laughs> He's an sizes. expert. He's an expert. And I'm, having to, and, I, and I'm the one that's got to tell you how to sort this out. Come on. <laughs> Uh, really, we're out of time. That's it. Thank you once again for being with us. Keep in touch as you do. Feedback at ami.ca. We love getting your emails and hearing from you here on Double Tap Canada. Uh, Mark Afalalalo, thank you. Welcome. And Sean Priest, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening and keep your feedback coming. Call 1-844-971-1999 and leave us a voicemail. Email feedback at ami.ca. We're also on Twitter at DoubleTap Canada and on Facebook. Can't wait till next week? Ask your smart speaker to play DoubleTap Canada or listen on the podcast app of your choice. Thanks for listening. Catch you again next time. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.